for the next 90 days. Second action I'm taking is calling on states to either suspend the state gas tax as well or find other ways to deliver some relief. There's no time now for profiteering. I promise you I'm doing everything possible. <laughs> everything possible to bring the price of energy down. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm a heart surgeon. Come here and lay on the table. Let me cut you wide open. Get busy on your aorta. Good morning. It's 508. <laughs> that was a, what a classic moment at the White House yesterday. And then today, as Don just said a couple of minutes ago, they're going to have a confab of all the oil execs. Guess who's not going? El Presidente. He doesn't have time for those oil executives. He can beat and berate them from afar. See, that's what wussies do. They're like, I'm going to I'll beat you up when they're on social media or when they're, you know, away from it. But the, they they won't go face to face. Hey man. We, here we are like raising our uh, noses at each other. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Hey, what's up, dude? How you be? Sup, bro? <laughs> I don't offer me a fist bump this time of the morning. No. Oh my god. Is it Friday yet? Not yet. Oh, hurry it up, would you? You can smell it from here, though. What are you waiting on? And and, and a, a short week for some, because a lot of people were celebrating Juneteenth. For mon- on Monday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See? Like Cooper right, was. He was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get there before we know it. It'll be here before you know it. Friday will be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything good in there? So far. Everything good with you, Elaine? Everything good with you, Cooper? All right. So far? So far, so good. Give me about 10 minutes. We'll mess this whole thing up. Okay. I'm all right. just going to sit back and watch this. It's going <laughs> to be fun. You have all the faith, trust, yeah. and confidence that I can do it, right? Hey, you know what? There is nobody more qualified. Thank you. You know? Nobody's done more of that than me. So uh, 101 today, 103 tomorrow, and then really hot on the weekend. But the uh, first yeah. part of next week, it looks like it's got to change a little bit. So I think it may get a little bit better. Is it going to get even hotter? No, it's okay. going to go down next the uh, first part of next week. Oh, get out of here, no, Trey no. Ware. And it looks like there could be rain, too. You talk about a malarkey tour. There <laughs> it is right there. The definition of malarkey. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's right. It looks like it could uh, get a little bit better Monday and Tuesday. So yeah. let's hope so. All right. All right. So it's not the Democrats that you have to worry about, folk, in November. It is the Republicans that you have to worry about screwing up November because they're trying to do it. Every- Look, <laughs> everywhere you turn, they're doing all they can do to screw this thing up in November. And, and it starts with Texas' very own Mitt Romney. He's the first one. No, no, John Cornyn. You may know him by that name, but he's our very own Mitt Romney here in the state of Texas. He's a guy that has, uh, you know, joined the other side and playing for the other team now and just basically uh, giving it to the Republicans on the way out the door. Um, He said the NRA cannot be allowed to veto good public policy. He said this legislation on the gun laws can be abused to restrict uh, rightful gun purchases. This bill leaves too much discretion. He basically, basically, John Cornyn says, the NRA and and people who are pro-gun, you've got no place in this because you're going to veto good public policy. That's what he says. Tony Gonzalez, I'm voting for it. Tony Gonzalez has no clue what's in the gun bill. Tony Gonzalez, the very same Tony Gonzalez that last year, no, actually this year, in January, 
when there was uh, talk about uh, taking away your Second Amendment rights, he said the radical left is trying to take away your guns. Not on my watch, he said. Proud to defend your Second Amendment. He has no idea what's in this gun bill, Tony Gonzalez, but he's voting for it, he says. Amy Klobuchar says this bill is going to pave the way for more gun control. Democrat Senator Murphy, this Senate gun bill sets us up for more gun laws, paving the way for even more. So this is a this is a bill that the Senate didn't even get to read. John Cornyn gave it to him just minutes before they had to vote on it. And John Cornyn said, he was overheard saying, it's only 80 pages long. How long do you need to read it? So he didn't want guys in the Senate to read it. He didn't want them to understand it. He didn't want them to question it. You're just supposed to go along because he and Mitch McConnell say so. Well, I'm going to tell you right here, right now, that's the worst reason in the world to go along. Because he and Mitch McConnell say so. Ted Cruz says, I got an alternative bill, and they should vote for the alternative bill. But they're not going to, Ted. They're not even going to listen to you. They don't want to hear any other alternatives. They're trying to throw the November game, Republicans are. They're trying to throw it. They've got an opportunity here to win and win big because the American people see what's happening in our country. And instead of coming up with a platform and a plan, the two Ps, platform and plan, to earn your vote, they're doing directly the opposite. They're joining Democrats on this gun control measure to really just say to the American people, why why should you even come out in November? There's no difference between the two parties. Now, look, I'm not a Republican. I'm a I'm an issue-oriented person. You vote on issues and not for party. But I got to tell you, the Republicans have a golden opportunity here because Joe Biden has screwed up so much in this country, and we'll be talking about that as the morning goes on, but he screwed up so much in this country that Republicans have a golden opportunity to move in and say, we're, you know, this is our plan. This is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. But instead of doing that, Republicans are saying, hey, we're simpatico with Democrats, and we're going to vote to take away your guns because that's exactly what this does. It is the first step. It opens the door, as Klobuchar and Murphy and the rest are saying, it opens the door for us to advance more and more gun control laws. They're screwing up November. And the people will just stay home. Because if they don't see a difference between the two, they're just going to stay home. I mean, (laughs) John Cornyn, our very own Mitt Romney here in the state of Texas, said, first guns, now it's immigration. That's what he said. And then when he faced pushback on that, he said, well, I was only joking. I wasn't serious about that. Do you think that's a joke? Do you think that's funny? I was only joking. Can't you take a joke? Uh, I could take a joke just fine, but that wasn't a joke. He's dead serious, starting with guns, then amnesty, so all these illegal aliens that Joe Biden has imported into the country can vote, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where we are. The ones that are going to mess up and totally screw up November are not the Democrats. The Democrats, they're impotent. They're weak. They have nothing that they can run on. They certainly can't run on what they've done to this country and what their president has done to this country. 
But the Republicans are the ones who are trying to throw the game in the Democrats' favor now, and that's where we are. All right, so uh, anything you want to say about that, 210-599-5555, the uh, Uvalde uh, chief of police for the schools down there has been placed on administrative leave. We're going to talk about that and uh, really find out who, you know, who do you believe in all this? Because they got a war going on now. they got a war going on between Uvalde and the guys down in Uvalde and the DPS now. And the mayor has declared war on DPS. Uh, you've got a Texas state senator who's suing DPS, saying DPS is lying, and they're not telling you the truth about what happened there on that day. So just who do you believe? And 92% of Americans say gas prices is a serious problem here, according to Rasmussen. And the uh, oil industry honchos are going to be in D.C. today, and Joe Biden has told them, I'm not meeting with you. They're there to meet with the administration to do something about it, but he's refusing to do that. So all that more coming up. Uh, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Did you see the story about this Tesla that caught on fire in California? You're going to love this story. <laughs> wow. Uh, so it had been in a car crash, and they took it to the junkyard to get rid of it because it was not salvageable. So they're getting ready to dismantle it, take it apart, and it spontaneously caught on fire all by itself, right? And the fire guys, it's, it's not, it wasn't a threat to anybody. It's sitting in the middle of a junkyard, right? Right. So the fire guys show up. They start, you know, dousing it with fire, and they think they get it out, and they turn around and leave it. <laughs> They catches on fire again. It starts burning again. And, and I don't mean just like a little flame. I'm talking about the, it just goes up in a conflagration. So they turn around and they squirt it again. You right. know, they pull their hoses out and start squirting again. And, uh, nope, doesn't do any good. Can't put, can't put it out. So they pick it up and there's, there's a, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you can laugh because nobody's hurt, right? Right. Yeah. So there's this puddle. That's the side, a little bit bigger than a car. So they pick it up with a crane while it's on fire, shove it over into the uh, into the puddle of 4,500 gallons of water and let it sit in there, and that's how they finally got it to go out. Because <laughs> it had to sit in all that water to go out. And it just kept reigniting around where the battery is. That To me, that would be a little bit of a problem. Just a tad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of those cars that they made out of the birthday candles that never blow out. You know? <laughs> Isn't that what a Tesla is, though? Yeah, maybe. It's just a big, you know, rolling birthday candle that you can't get out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Crews knocked the fire down. Car kept reigniting. Off-gassing in the battery compartment. Working with the on-site wrecking yard personnel, the Tesla was moved to put into a giant puddle of water. And it finally just kind of burned itself out in the giant puddle of water. So, I don't know. Whatever. Well, they're you know using renewable resources to fight fires. That's encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> so if your if your car ever catches on fire, just throw it in the lake. Yeah, just find a puddle. <laughs> throw it in the lake. You live near a lake. You're down the street from a lake. Just yeah. put it in there. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. You got to have a lake handy, not a fire department anymore. Right. <laughs> well, that's where it is. There you go. In the in the puddle. In in the lake. In oh, the yeah. lake in the middle of the deal. In yeah. the middle of the, Anyway. That's funny. <clears throat> All right. So police chief in Uvalde, Pete Arredondo, has been placed on administrative leave. Dr. Hal Harrell, the superintendent, says because of the lack of clarity that remains and the unknown timing of when I receive the results of the investigations, I have made the decision to place Chief Arredondo in administrative leave effective on this date. 
Now, Arredondo has said over and over again he did not consider himself in charge on that day. So did anybody ask the question, did Arredondo ask the question, who was? Who is? I mean, to me, that would be the first thing I would ask, right? If I'm if I'm not in charge, but I'm the chief of the school district police, but I'm not in charge, wouldn't you ask the question? And, and, and this is where they're hinging all of this on. These guys staying out in the hallway, is, is being, or Arredondo is anyway, apparently. What we're being told now, right? That could change. Give it five minutes, it'll change like Texas weather. But he says he wasn't in charge. Did he ever ask the question, well, who is in charge? Who's running this show? To me, if you've got a bunch of guys waiting in the hallway with high-powered guns and the shields, and they were there three minutes after this whole thing started, well, then they most certainly could have gone in, the, in, in that room and saved those kids. But Arredondo says, I wasn't in charge, so that's why I didn't order anybody to go in there. Did anybody say, well, who's in charge around here? You see, to me, it comes down to one thing and one thing only, and that is they didn't want to go in. Now, I, I know we have a lack of bravery and a lack of masculinity in this country right now, and if you are big, strong, brave, then you are trashed by the media. I know. I get all that. I understand all of that. And I also understand that cops have been berated to the point and, and sued to the point and likely thrown in jail to the point that they don't want to respond in some cases. So the Uvalde mayor is now going in after Steve McCraw, the DPS director, and saying he's lying to you. The other day when he was uh, testifying before the Texas Senate about what happened out there, he's lying to you. He's not telling you the truth, says the Uvalde mayor. What kind of farce do you have in Austin, he said. We have Bozo the Clown Show in the Senate. McGraw parading out there giving answers they still don't have the facts to. He criticized the governor, says the governor is not doing anything on this, the governor's not being helpful. All right, so who do you believe? Because the sides have uh, have now faced off. They have now drawn their quarters against each other and standing there, and now they're pointing fingers at each other. You got the DPS with uh, Steve McCraw in Austin saying, this was an absolute failure on the on the part of the department in in Uvalde, and then you've got the mayor of Uvalde saying the DPS screwed it all up, and you've got a Texas state senator. Is it Ortiz? Roland Ortiz? Is that who it is? He's suing DPS because he says DPS is Gutierrez. Thank you, Gutierrez. He's saying that they're not telling him uh, or telling anybody, the DPS is not telling anybody what they were doing, that they had troops all over the place uh, on that day in the school, and they're not telling anybody. So who who do you believe? Because the whole thing's just screwed up now. From the get-go, they have messed up the, the entire response to this from the three minutes they got inside and they could have, uh, you know, to, to, to grabbing a cop's uh, – uh, grabbing a cop and taking his gun away so he couldn't save his wife's life, uh, to uh, preventing parents from getting in there to their children. Er, er, just everything. I would say a comedy of errors, but it's not a comedy. And these are self-inflicted wounds. And you look at the whole thing. You You just sit here and look and see uh, all the facts that they're trying to lay out and trying to lay on us. And you don't know who to believe. I don't know who to believe anymore. 
I have no idea who's telling the truth. Is Steve McCraw telling the truth? I'd like to think that he is, but I don't know. Uh, are, are the cops in Uvalde telling the truth? I, do, I would like to think that they are, but I don't know. Uh, Pete Arredondo, you know, he went under the whole lawyered up thing, and now he's on administrative leave. Nobody has 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 wanted to be open and direct about what happened. And now you've got the mayor out there, and he's saying the DPS is lying to you, which would mean Steve McCraw, the head of the DPS, lied to the Texas State Senate a couple of days ago. And I find that very hard to believe. What about you? I find that very hard to believe that he would go to the Texas State Senate and lie uh, about what his troops were doing down there and about what the Uvalde police were doing down there. I've, I, You know, <laughs> I've been following news now for 50 years, and I've never seen anything screwed up this bad. Never. From the lies that have been told to the not going in and, and saving the children and everything in between, I've never, ever seen anything screwed up this bad. And the shame of it is we're talking about children and children who as you've heard me say many times children who are going back to school in less than uh, three months in a couple of months and they're going back into the exact same environment (laughs) what has changed what has gotten better what have we learned from this to improve other than other than law-abiding citizens you and me are having our constitutional rights restricted when it comes to our guns that's it. And that's not going to make anything better. In fact, that's going to make a whole lot of stuff worse. We'll take a quick break. Come right back. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hi, this. Do that again. Hey, look. The building's on fire. <laughs> yeah. What a great song. You know, that's one of those that has aged well. It's never gotten old as far as I'm concerned. I can listen to it over and over again. It only gets old if one of your kids is trying to learn how to play guitar. That's the first one we all yeah. learn how to play. And they play it over and over and over. It was a must. Yeah. That you that that was the first one. And yeah. so you did. You learned yeah. that one. Over and over. See, for me, it was Wild Thing by the Trots. No, it wasn't. Yeah, that was the Were first one. Were you a drummer? I- no, I tried to. Yeah, but I tried <laughs> to learn how to play guitar, <laughs> too. And uh, so I... We're going to play Wild Thing. Did you really? So mine was Purple Haze. No, it wasn't. You didn't start with Purple Haze. Well, no, but you had to learn the riff, though. (laughs) Okay. I'm talking about the the beginning of the song, the riff at the beginning of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I like that a lot. (laughs) It's an interesting story, too, if nobody's ever figured that out in the whole, you know. Smoke on the water. Yeah, catching on fire and everything. Based on actual events. It it really happened. Yep. It really happened. All right, so it's 538 KTSA. Good morning. Glad you're up this morning. 210-599-5555. Do you say that gas prices are a serious problem in Biden's America? America. Rasmussen report out this morning, 92% of Americans say so. Oil industry honchos meeting in the White House today, but Joe's not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yesterday he said it's a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. Do it now. Do it now. He did his whole whisper thing again. So for all those Republicans in Congress criticizing me today uh-huh. for high gas prices in America, right? are you now saying we were wrong to support Ukraine? Uh-huh. Are you saying we were wrong to stand up to Putin? Uh-huh. Are you saying that we would rather have lower gas prices in America uh-huh. than Putin's iron fist in Europe? <laughs> I don't believe that. No, you don't believe it for a minute now, do you, dude? So um, basically what he is saying is it's a zero-sum game. 
you have to drive around at more than $5 a gallon in order for Europe to not have the problem they're having with Vladimir Putin. You see, you, you want to be patriotic to Ukraine, don't you? I mean, the patriotic thing to do with Ukraine is to make sure that you're paying high gasoline prices. Look, it's, it's a war thing. So he basically is, is doing nothing. He said yesterday that he, you know, he wants a gas tax holiday for the next three months, which when you add it up, it comes out to about $17 in savings for the average American driver for the three-month period. You're going to save $17 over three months. What do you think about that? Um, he's he wants states to suspend their gas tax as well. Uh, he wants mom and pop service stations. By the way, most of them are mom and pops. When you see Shell or Exxon in front of these places, Shell and Exxon doesn't own them. Usually, it's mom and pop, and they make a couple of pennies on a gallon of gasoline. That's it. Uh, they do not make money off the the gasoline. They make it off of when you come inside and you buy the chips and the coke and the hot dog. That's where they make their money. They do not make it on the gasoline. And he's demanding that they give up whatever profit that they are making. Um, and, and the real issue here is not the mom and pops who are making money off of selling gasoline. Again, a couple of cents a gallon. The issue, again, is not the suspension of the gas tax. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with suspending all taxes at this point because this government doesn't serve the people. So I, I'm good with any tax that is going to be suspended. Uh, the real issue here is is that he created this, even to the point where the Fed head said yesterday, no, inflation was out of sight before Joe Biden even got into, our, or before uh, Vladimir Putin went into Ukraine. And I've got the numbers here on, on where inflation was and where Joe Biden grew inflation. And we've been over this a million times. He is still refusing. He has not uh, done an auction of a new oil lease in 18 months, and he's refusing to do one now. Why? Well, it goes back to the sound you've heard me play over and over again where he walked over to the little girl when he was campaigning. He said, hey, kiddo, I promise you this. I guarantee you. I guarantee you we are going to kill fossil fuels. And we've all talked about Keystone Pipeline. We've all talked about all the other stuff that he had taken Anwar off in a million acres here and, uh, you know, the – the uh, the Gulf uh, platforms that he's taken off and everything else that he's done to restrict production of oil. That's all important. But the biggest thing he has done to destroy the oil and gas business is inserted, injected a whole bunch of uncertainty. And, and when the CEO of Chevron, Mr. Worth, said, we need some clarity, we need some certainty, we need to know what the policy is going to be, we need to know where we're headed, what the future is going to hold for all of us, he laughed at it. He said, I didn't know they were so sensitive. When, when the most powerful man on planet Earth, the President of the United States, says we're going to kill an industry, you're not going to get anybody to invest in that industry. And I invest in oil, so I know what I'm talking about. And when he says, I'm going to kill that industry as a whole, not just a particular business, not just a brand, not just anything, I'm going to kill it as a whole, and he goes about actually doing that and taking steps to do that, and then he talks about it, that this is what we're doing. We're going to destroy this industry, and we're going to make this transition. Well, forget about it. You're not going to have any refineries being built. It's not going to happen because you're not going to find anybody that's going to want to invest in a refinery to just burn their, they might as well go out in the middle of a parking lot somewhere and light their 
their money on fire and burn it down because they're not going to get a return on their money. And that is the point of investing. So he's done the most to kill oil and gas. He's done the most to raise your gas prices. This is his fault. Gas prices and oil prices have come down over the past couple of days 2%. They've come down 2%. Why? Not because he's talked about suspending the gas tax, not because of anything that he's done, but because of what the Fed has done to bring about a recession. Jerome Powell said yesterday, we're not trying to engineer a recession, but he basically said we will if we have to in order to get inflation under control. We will engineer a recession. And you know what? Again, investors are like, well, then I'm running from oil. I'm not going to invest in oil. So that's why you see the prices begin now to, to ease off just a little bit, just a hair. Not, not, much, not, not much for you to feel better at the pump when you gas up this morning to get your 20-ounce coffee. It's still going to feel pretty bad when you see the ultimate price that you're going to pay. But it's, gonna, it's easing off a little bit because Jerome Powell is trying to walk this tight uh, rope and, and keep from us falling into a deep recession. But that, they will do that if they have to to get the inflation under control. So it's not anything that Joe's doing that's bringing back gas prices just a, just a tad, just a hair. It's the fact that the Fed is now marching us into a recession. And it's affecting Joe Biden. His polling numbers are way down. The Civics Daily Tracking Poll has him at 32% job approval rating. And he hit that a few days back, and you would think maybe it goes up and down. No, he just stayed there. He's losing Democrats. When he got into office, 91% of Democrats approved of him. Now it's a 22-point dive, only 69% of Democrats. Black Americans, only 59% approve of him. When he went into office, 85% approved of him. He's upside down on Hispanics. We see that here in South Texas. He's lost South Texas. But here's the deal. If you're counting on the, the big tsunami, the red wave in November, the Republicans are doing everything they can to screw that deal up. And the latest is this uh, gun measure that John Cornyn, Texas' very own Mitt Romney, is leading. By doing what he's doing on guns right now, he is joining up with Chuck Schumer and the other radicalized Democrats in order to open the door for more gun control and an assault on the Second Amendment. And i got to tell you, when November gets here, if, if that's the case, when November gets here, a lot of people who would typically vote for the Republicans in this tsunami, this red wave, when they don't see a difference in the two parties, they're just not going to turn out. It's just going to be, not forget about it. So it's not the Democrats you have to worry about in November. It's the Republicans, who are, John Cornyn and, and the others, who are working really hard to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. They could be talking about what they're going to do to make life better. They could be talking about what they're going to do to lower the gas prices and to get baby food on the shelves. They could be talking about all that. But instead, what are Republicans talking about? They're talking about more gun control measures, something that doesn't play well in red America. 210 uh, 599 Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. I want to taste a honey. That's what I want. I want a taste of honey. Honey? What? 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 Why? I'm not looking at you. Yeah, you are looking, no. you're looking me right in the eye. <laughs> well, don't take it personally. I want a taste of honey, honey. You're looking me right in the eye. Uh, I'll talk to you after Don, the show's over. Don, didn't you see him looking me in the face? You did. You are a good-looking man. Well, thanks. I, I went and saw somebody yesterday, and the first thing he asked me when I walked in, what Don Morgan look like? I said, 
you really want to know this? I mean, as a guy, he's like in his 40s, you know, mid, yeah. mid 40s. He wants to know what you look like. Five two. I well, I, I said, you know what I did? I always do this. I said, "What do you think he looks like?" <laughs> Before I showed him a picture, yeah. You know, so what right. do you think he looks like? Well, I, I got him long, tall, skinny, and uh, long hair, and a big old mustache. That's the way I got him. I said, "Yep, that's him. That's it. That's pretty much it, Perfect. right there. Spot on." Yep. Uh, I'm Brad Pitt, and he's um, I don't know, but um, that's that's what uh, I told uh, him. the other Brad Pitt. The other Brad Pitt. Yeah. The, the Brad Pitts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Brad Armpit. Hey, uh, Rob Gronkowski was here yesterday That's in San right. Antonio. Yeah. Hanging out. You know, right. your yeah. guy from the, the Patriots. I the love I love Rob Gronkowski. Well, you know, he's just a nut, you know, and he's yeah. in a good sort of way. Yep. And uh, to see him retire from the NFL, that's a that's a real bummer. And I'm sure Tom's a little bummed too, because I yeah. think he figured him coming back and helping him. Go to guy for yeah. a long time, buddy. Right there, so. You know, and they all have him. You yep, know, they do. What's his name? Uh, how quickly we forget the number nine guy, Tony, uh, whatever. He had uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he had Jason Witten for the longest time. It's true. And so anyway. Uh, it was a great video that the one you shared with me about with uh, Gronkowski yeah. here in town yesterday. He's he, he, he's just the life of the party. He wherever he goes, wherever he goes, he's gonna lighten it up. Yep. If you remember, the Vince Lombardi Trophy was thrown by Tom Brady <laughs> to Rob Gronkowski yep. across a bunch of water in the ocean. Uh huh. And he caught it. They're big kids. Yep. Well, he's always gonna catch whatever sure. Brady throws him. Uh, and I don't don't say he's completely out. This is, you know, it's contract negotiation time. Yeah, so. perhaps. Yeah. We'll see what happens. You know, on a sadder note, though, uh, Goose is gone. He died yesterday. I was I was so sad when I saw that. Tony Saragusa. Saragusa, what a great guy. Yeah. Uh, played, you know, of course, for the Ravens and the Colts. Yep. And huge, just a mountain of a man. He, he, I liked when he would do some uh, sideline reporting. That was the uh, best. That was, he's just such a character. He was the best. Yeah, right. What they did was they put one of those headphones, like, I, um, like I'm wearing now, a yeah. uh, headphone microphone on him, and he'd walk the sideline and do the, do the game, and they'd just leave his mic on. Yeah. And so he could interject any time you know, while the other guys were t- – it's like he was a third member of the team, except he was on the field. Right. And he was great at it. His dad died from heart failure at age 48 in his arms. Did you know this story? I didn't know about that. His mom screamed in the middle of the night, and he said his dad wasn't a real healthy guy, kind of a big guy. I said, yeah, you could tell. Yeah. You know, he's uh, Tony's big guy, and uh, that he smoked and drank a little bit. And in the middle of the night, mom screamed, and he went in there with his brother, and dad was gasping for air, having a heart attack, and he right. tried to do CPR, and basically dad died in his arms at the age of 48. Right. Tony was 55 yesterday when he died. But he said... Having his dad die in his arms taught him one thing. This is the way he lived, and it goes back to what we were just saying. I live every day like it's my last. I think that people take it for granted, saying, I'm going to do this tomorrow, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Well, tomorrow might not be here, brother, so mm-hmm. live it, live today like it's your last day. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a it Tim is. McGraw song. I think everybody else has done Everybody's got a twist on that kind of mm-hmm. you know, thing. But uh, he said, you know, the whole dad thing. Uh, taught him that so apparently uh, heart disease in the family yeah so uh, we don't know they didn't say what killed him but you know maybe it was that uh but um you know he's he he lived life to the fullest he really did great football career great broadcasting career is he's the i think he was the guy when the ravens were making that first run for the super bowl they refused to refer to it as the super bowl and they called it festivus 
It was him. <laughs> it was him, right? It yeah. was him. That's the way I thought that was everything. great. It was superstitious. I'm well, not going to call it the Super Bowl. It's Festivus. You saw him at the you know media week that they always do before the Super Bowl, and he had the Joker hat on the the, the yeah. court jester hat. Yep. On, you know, Here here's it comes. a 350 pound guy sitting uh-huh. with a just. It's just that was great. So anyway, Tony Saragusa dead at the age of 55. All right, quick break. When we come back. There's some polling out, and it looks good for my president. We'll talk about that. And the phone lines are open, too, 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA. Anything we can to reduce this pain at the pump oh, now. Oh, no, you're but not. the simple truth is gas prices are up almost $2 a gallon mm-hmm. because Vladimir Putin's ruthless attack on Ukraine. The nope. president is doing everything he can to reduce prices for American families. Mm-hmm. That's the new target point. He's doing everything he can. He's doing everything he can. But that Vladimir Putin, oh, my God. Anyway, um, so we got gas. We got guns. And I don't even know what to call Uvalde at this point. I mean, a cluster, but beyond that, I don't even know what to call it. We got Republicans, our very own Mitt Romney. His name is John Cornyn, setting us on a path to take your guns away. I'll explain all of that. But if you think it's anything less... Then a move to uh, against the Second Amendment to take your guns away, you're nuts, because that's exactly what they're doing. And John Cornyn, Republican, Republican, heading into November, an opportunity in November to absolutely slaughter the Democrat Party because the Democrats are nothing. They don't offer anything. They have destroyed the country. They've ruined America, as we've known it for many, many, for 250 years. They've destroyed it in two less than two years' time. The Democrats have. And the Republicans, they're sitting here playing tiddlywinks with whatever. Not doing anything to talk about, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to lower gas prices. Here's how we're going to put baby food back on the shelf. Here's how we're going to bring down the price of your groceries. The, here's how we're going to protect your kids while they're at school. Here's what we're going to do. Republicans refuse to do that. You know what they're doing? They put on the blue jersey, and they're joining with Chuck Schumer. And they're going, we're going to do this gun thing, which with the red flag laws and the other parts of this gun thing, it sets us on a path to destroy the Second Amendment. And Amy Klobuchar said so. She's a Democrat. So did Chris Murphy. He's a Democrat. They said, hey, this opens the door for us to really advance on more gun control and take more gun rights away from constitutional you know, people in this country, people who follow the law, never charged with a crime, didn't do anything to those children in Uvalde. So we got that. We got the gun thing. We got the Republicans trying to throw November, absolutely trying to throw it. And I'm not a Republican. I'm an issue voter. That's what I pay attention to, is the issues. But <laughs> they, you look at what they're doing, and you look how they're doing it, and the Republicans, such as John Cornyn. Now, Ted Cruz is the other way. Ted Cruz has got something that he has introduced as a piece of legislation, him and, and Barrasso on guns in this country, that goes after the law breakers, not the law abiders. And, uh, and, and he can't get anybody to listen to him about it. Of course not. They're not interested in listening to him about it. So apparently they got 15 Republicans that are joining John Cornyn uh, in order to open the door to try to take and ultimately destroy the Second Amendment in this country. And the red flag laws, folks, that's your, your Fourth Amendment right to due process goes away when they start doing the red flag laws. And here's how. 
you can turn in anybody and 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 the state is incentivized by a billion dollars in taxpayer money to do more and more red flag laws i want you to understand how the red flag law works anybody can call about anybody and you don't have to have evidence there's not a jury of peers there's not facing your accuser what happens is Joe calls about Bill and says Bill's been acting a little weird I think maybe uh, you ought to take his gun away and they go and they take Bill's gun away and Bill has to prove he's not a weirdo that he's not going to go shoot up school that's how a red flag law works and it's incentivized by a billion dollars in taxpayer money your due process rights go away when this passes and it's going to pass Thanks to Mitt Rom- Texas own Mitt Romney, John Cornyn. Daniel, you're on. Go right ahead, sir. Morning, Trey. Morning. I'm just curious. Can we can we take this gun law bull stuff before the Supreme Court and have it overturned as unconstitutional? I don't know, Daniel. We're going to have to wait and see because the uh, you know the, several states already have red flag laws, and uh, they haven't been overturned uh, in those states. So we're going to have to wait and see if somebody picks that up and moves forward with it. I. <laughs> See, I'm one of these, I'm an absolutist when it comes to the Second Amendment, and not being fringed to me means not being fringed. Well, I am I am too, Trey, but the thing is, if they reverse the Roe versus Wade and send it that back down to state control, that tells me this gun control, it's, the Supreme Court may want us to throw it right back to the states, and each state will decide how to control their guns. It's going to be... It's going to be very interesting to see how it goes, Daniel, because today we might get a ruling on guns out of the Supreme Court. It has everything to do with the, the the New York law on license to carry. I won't get into it and confuse everybody with that right now, but yeah. it, it could be a big deal for the rest of us here, so we'll have to watch what the Supreme Court does on that. Just pray, Trey. That's, That's it. That's it, man. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate your call, man. 210-599-5555. All right, so what do you call Uvalde? You know, when you look at everything that we've had come out of Uvalde, and I don't even know. I, I'm being honest with you guys. I always am. Don said it this morning. You know, he gets here at 3.30, and I'm ready to go on the air. I do a lot of research. I'm ready. I don't even know who to believe on this Uvalde thing anymore. I have no clue who to believe. We have Steve McCraw, the head of the DPS, telling the Texas State Senate, and I hope he's telling the truth. I don't I don't have any reason to doubt him, that these guys were in the hallway and they had guns and they had shields and, and, and they didn't even try to get in the door and children were dying in there. And I can see that. You know why I can see that? For any number of reasons. One of which being they didn't want to because they didn't want to face what might happen to them, the liability that might happen to them. That those guys didn't want to go in there because, well, man, you know, first of all, I don't want to go to jail because we're locking cops up left and right. Second of all, I don't want to be sued if I'm shooting at the guy and I I miss and hit a kid. I'm going to get sued, so I don't want to do that. The the liability that they have uh, put on police officers where they've taken away their immunity and their protections. Did you know that? Police officers now don't have the the limited immunity and protection. They don't have that anymore. So now they can be sued. Now they can go to jail. And we're sending them to jail for making mistakes. Like... The female police officer earlier this year 
she went to prison because in a moment when she was trying to stop an aggressor, she grabbed her service weapon instead of her taser. And she knew it when she did it. She said that she totally screwed it up, and she was very sorry, but she went to prison. There's also a war of masculinity in this country as well. And so, you know, it takes a lot of bravery to go in there and face a gun. Who no, I, I want to go home tonight. I, I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm not trying to, to rip on the police officers down there because, you know, police are doing a hell of a job and they're in a mess. And, and by and large, Democrats, leftist media, and everything else have put them in that mess in this country because they are so anti-cop, anti-police in America. So that's where we are with them. Uh, so did they stand in that hallway for an hour, 58 minutes? Certainly appears that way. It certainly appears as though McCraw was telling the truth. But then the mayor of Uvalde comes back and he says McCraw's a liar. <laughs> That's not what happened. And the DPS, they're the ones who, who have, should have gone in. The DPS were there and they should have gone in. And as Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez has now filed a lawsuit against DPS, wanting to know what their guys were doing and not doing. Pete Arredondo, the chief that we've talked about so many times, he's been put on administrative leave, and the superintendent down there saying, because all this is screwed up and I don't know who to believe anymore, I'm putting him on uh, on administrative leave. I'll say this about Mr. Arredondo, because I don't know him and all that. He said, he said, so I'm taking it from him, that he didn't believe that he was the commander, that he was in charge of those guys. To me, that's a sorry-ass excuse for standing in a hallway with kids getting shot, okay? To me, that's no excuse at all. It's also inexcusable when one of the victims is the wife of a cop, and she calls him, and he shows up, and they take his gun away and remove him from the premises. What are you doing? I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again. I would have handed the AR to him and said, we're going to follow you in. You go first. Because that's a man on a mission right there. His wife's laying in there bleeding out. That's a man that will lead the charge and take you in there and take that guy out. But instead of doing that, they took his service weapon from him and drug him away. <laughs> the whole thing, from, from the very beginning of it, the whole thing was screwed up. From the very beginning. And yet, what is so frustrating to me, and what gets me fired up about this, is that the kids are about to go to school, and nada has changed. Nada. All they're doing is the Republicans and Democrats are joining forces to go after law-abiding citizens' gun rights in this country. That's all they've done. That's all they've done. None of which is going to protect your child or mine when they go back to school in September. That's why I'm frustrated about it. That's why I'm a little fired up this morning. How about you? 210-599-5555. Hey, James, go ahead, man. You're on. Yeah, you know, all the different things in Uvalde, they're talking about the hallway and who did what, who didn't do what. Uh, the the Border Patrol guy went and borrowed a shotgun and got past the ball and took the guy out. So all those other guys just stand around with their finger up their nose. Yeah, I don't know if he, you know, I'm not sure if he borrowed a shotgun or whatever. I do know that a guy borrowed a shotgun and went in and got 20 kids out. Uh, I'm not sure about the guy who actually, you know, killed the killer. 210-599-5555. They did, you know. It, it was one, you know, you say comedy of errors, Keystone Cops, whatever. It was one after another that just kept screwing this deal up. 
And now, all I see, and you tell me if I'm wrong, all I see is a whole bunch of CYA. Daryl, go ahead. You're on. Yes, sir. The first level of failure in this whole incident was the fact that the school doors did not work. You need to talk to the school principal, Mm -hmm. superintendent, and ask, Mm -hmm. why weren't these doors protecting the children? That's right. We wouldn't be having this discussion if the doors worked. We've got to look at that. 100%. 100% right. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate it. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. So Arredondo's been put on administrative leave now. He's sitting it out now, waiting on us. You know, why ain't he been fired? I don't know. John, go ahead. You're on. John, go ahead. You're on. Okay. I'm going to say it like this. Um, in my opinion, a lot of cowards live in that town. Peace officers in Texas are all trained the same way. You can pair them up with anybody from different departments, and they know how to clear buildings. Doesn't matter what patch they wear from whatever agency. They're all trained the same way. And any uh, ex combat arms, MOSs that are ex military that live in that town, you are all. Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. The great Robert Palmer. Sure to miss that guy. All right. 625 KTSA, Trey Ware here, 210-599-5555. Are those cops in Uvalde cowards? Alfred, go right ahead. You're on. Oh, yes. Uh, I just had something to say. Uh, I was watching CNN yesterday, and there was a young fella. Him and his mom were on, on the news, and he said he was trying to go inside the school, and the cops uh, handcuffed him and, and told him to stay out of it. You know, And I'm like, wow, what a bunch of fuck- what a bunch of cowards. Yep. You know, that's, that's, I, I, I'm 60 years old. I would have went in there with a BB gun just to save those kids, man. All right. Thank you, Alfred. Appreciate it. Nathan, go right ahead. You're on KTSA. It's more sinister than cowardice. It is a directive from the top down to advance an agenda. Yes, they're cowards, but it, it is further than that. This was a directive to advance an agenda. The bigger the tragedy, the easier to advance this agenda, 100%. It's incredible, man. It's really incredible when you stand back and you look at what they did not do. How how could a human being stand there, much less 15, 19, however many were in a house? How do you stand there while kids are getting shot six feet from you? Ernest, go right ahead. You're on. Well, I just think, Trey, that they need to put the power back in the people's hands. And what I mean by that is I know the Uvalde shooting's horrible, but there might have been a, a citizen that could have done something, but like the gentleman before said, he wouldn't have been able to. Point and point is, like the guy that went to the school board meeting to address the school board about letting the rapists back in the school. What right. do they do? They, they arrested arrest him. that guy. They arrested him. So there's a disconnect between the public and the police. And, you know, I, I don't know what I'd have done, and I don't think anybody does. I would like to think I'd have the courage to go in there and save that them children. But at least give me the chance. Yeah. You know, well, give you the chance or yeah. anybody the chance. Yeah. Um, let, let's put it this way. None, none of us know for sure what we would do, but those guys are trained. They just went through the training, and that's why Absolutely. that's what they're there to do. That's why they sign, That's what they signed up for. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're absolutely right about putting the power back in the hands of people. And, Ernest, thank you for your call. I'm going to let you go, but I, I appreciate your call. But instead of doing that, what they're doing, Ernest – is they're taking more of your freedoms away from you. Let me just ask you a question. 
What did you have to do with Uvalde? What'd you do? Were you there? Did you kill those children? Of course you didn't. Then explain to me why you should have your rights taken away from you. Why is John Cornyn, of all people, John Cornyn, leading this thing in the Congress, a gun, a, a new gun law that he wouldn't even allow the senators to read before they voted on it, and shame on those 15 Republicans that said yes on it, because there's no way they read it, much less any way they understood it, much less did they have hearings did they have testimony from anybody? Did they call up anybody from Uvalde and bring them to Washington and say, hey, did they call up anybody from anywhere and say, hey, do you know what? What 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 would fix this? What can we do? No. Uh-uh. Pre-planned. They had this law ready, obviously. Obviously. Had, had this law ready to go. Sitting there, blew the dust off of it. Said, "Okay, let's let's roll this this sucker out and let's put it out there." And and of course, these guys, these these little wimps, fifteen of them, Republicans. I'm talking about. I expected from the Democrats these fifteen Republican wimps in the Senate that said yes to this, to infringing upon your rights and taking your rights away when you were not in Uvalde, you were not in Buffalo, you were not in 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 Colorado. You had nothing to do with this. Not a thing. And I'm telling you what it is. It's November. It's the Republicans throwing the game. It's it's John Cornyn and the 15 Republicans. They're throwing the game. They're trying to screw up November. And you know why it is? You know why, you know why Cornyn and the rest of them are trying to screw up November? Because they don't want to work. They would rather sit back, they would rather be in the minority party and criticize the Democrats than actually coming up with a program, coming up with a plan, teaching that plan to the American people. This is what we're going to do to bring down gas prices. This is what we're going to do to put uh, uh, stuff on the shelves. We're going to do to bring down your grocery prices. This is what we're going to do to protect your kids in school. Instead of coming up with a plan and going out and preaching that plan and over and over again to the American people, they would rather sit back and criticize. They would rather have the Democrats be the majority so they could criticize the Democrats. Prove me wrong. Tell me how I got that wrong. That's exactly what these guys are doing. They're throwing November because if people do not see the difference between the two parties, they're not going to come out and vote. There won't be this tsunami. It's not going to happen. If they don't, if 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 conservatives in this country do not see a discernible, and I'm talking about a big difference between the John Cornyn Republicans and the Chuck Schumer Republicans, if there's not a big difference between that, I'm talking about a huge gulf. And if the Republicans are not preaching that message now, all the way through November, if there's no difference between the two of them. Forget this this tsunami. You're dreaming if you think there's going to be a tsunami because conservatives are not even going to show up. Why should I go? What difference is it going to make if I vote for the Republicans? That's what they're doing. And they're doing it because they'd rather be the minority party. They would rather the Democrats run the show, and then they could sit on the sidelines and criticize the Democrats. Tell me I'm wrong. Show me where I've got this wrong. 
210-599-5555. Will, I'll get to you right after the news. Got a couple of lines open right now. Love to talk with you. Hey, I'm going to see my friends at Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio this morning. I'm looking forward to that. They're really great folks there at the Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio. They take care of you if you suffer from arthritic, uh, arthritic pain in your knees. What they'll do is this gel injection. And these injections are FDA approved, so they're covered by insurance. Doesn't hurt to do it. And it really does have a great effect on helping people get rid of arthritis pain in the knees and restore their mobility. Yeah, if you suffer from arthritic uh, pain in the knees and, and you, you know, you can't do all the things that you once could do, you know, getting around, if it's just a pain to climb up in the truck every morning and get down out of the truck every evening, your friends at Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio have an answer. You can get a free no-obligation screening. Just call and say, Trey Ware told me to call. And they'll book you an appointment and take a look and see if you're a candidate for these gel injections. That's Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio. You don't have to hurt anymore. 210-944-4902. All right, let's get back to these phone calls right now. Will, you're on KTSA. Thank you for holding on, sir. What are your thoughts? Hey, my thoughts, Mr. Trey, is first of all, I do support the Second Amendment, but uh, I think one of the examples you gave was, uh, I think I heard you say something like if they, you know, they call up Bill and somebody says something about him, they can, like, you know, take his gun away because somebody says something about him. My question to you is, what if that person that you described, what if he is off his rocker? What if he is mad at the IRS? And good, good question. Something? Good question. And, and, and uh, my, my second thing I want to say oh, wait, to wait, wait, is, wait, 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 well, okay. let, me, let me answer that. Okay. okay, you have the Fourth Amendment, which is due process. You have a right to due process in this country. In other words, they can't deprive you of life and liberty without you going through a due process. So if somebody says, somebody calls up and says, hey, Trey's nutty, uh, then there is a due process that needs to kick in. What they've done is they flip that upside down. Instead of going through due process, they get rid of Trey's due process. And now, Trey, the onus is on me to prove I'm not nutty, which is completely unconstitutional. It turns it completely upside down. It makes you guilty until you prove yourself innocent. It's supposed to be the other way around. So if you want to set a, a precedent or you want to set a law here and you want to say, okay, uh, Trey's nutty, we need to take his gun away from him, then there should be a due process. This hap- A happens, B happens, C happens, but we just don't deprive people of their due process rights. Okay. I, c- I can agree with that. And then one other point I want to I agree with you when you were talking about, um, you know, you were talking about uh, the, the senator, the Republican senator, and, and, and the, the laws he was trying to make. And I, and I think part of the problems with the the citizens in this country and the politicians right now is everybody's too caught up in this whole left versus right thing. And I think they're so caught up in it that nobody's going to agree on anything. Cause even if like, a, if there's a, if there's a, well, a democratic Senator and, and a Republican recommend something and it's a good idea, just because that guy's a Republican, he's not going well, uh, to agree. You, you're right about that. that. You're right about that. That's why I'm not a Democrat. And I'm not a Republican. I'm an issues voter. Okay, I vote on the issues. I'm a conservative, but I vote on the issues. I look and see what the issue is. I look and see what the individual represents as far as the issue is concerned, and that's how I make my decision. But I'll tell you this, uh, um, uh, Will, and I do appreciate your call. Uh, great thoughts. We cannot ever start to trample on the rights of law-abiding citizens in this country and start depriving them of their rights, and that's exactly what they have used these certain 
tragic situations, and there's no doubt this is a tragic situation, but they're using it to deprive law-abiding citizens, people who haven't done anything but what they're supposed to. They get up in the morning this time of day, they stare at red brake lights, they go to work, they earn a living, they pay their taxes, they just want to you know, raise their kids in a safe environment and all that, and, and they're depriving those people of their due process rights and anything else. Here's, here's another thing about this bill I want to make perfectly clear to you, and then I'm going to move on to other callers. <clears throat> this bill also lays out just a framework. Here's the framework. So it leaves it up to individuals to fill in whatever they want to fill in. In other words, they get to make the decision along the way. So there's no consistency. So a sheriff or leaders in this town, they may differ widely from leaders in that town. There's no consistency in this law. It, it just leaves it up. to. So what, what you're doing at that point, you're leaving the door wide open for their individual discretion to be made. And when you do that, when there's no um, uh, you know, firm standing in the law, people don't know what to do. People don't know how to follow the law. And anybody can make a decision over you if they're in a, in, in a, uh, in a position of power. They can make a decision over you and your life, and they're not restricted by anything. That's, you know, the, our, our forefathers fought a revolution to get away from that because that's what the King of England was doing to people. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense, and I, I, I'm just like you. When, when you, I agree with you when you say I don't consider myself left or right. I vote on the issues. Maybe, maybe we need to get twenty, you know, uh, politicians that think like us and lock them in a room and have them tell them they can't come out until they come out with some decent policy that the majority of the American people are going to support. Yeah, I appreciate that, Will. Good luck on that. Uh, the, the number one policy would for them just to disband and go back to their individual districts. I don't need Washington D.C. to survive. I really don't. I'm sick of them. Hey, uh, Thomas, go right ahead. You're on KTSA. Hey, Trey. Yeah, you know, if you go back and look at Cronin's uh, history, he always does this, okay? Right after he gets elected, he feels safe and comfortable, and he starts doing all kinds of bills that are against his constituency, really. And so he can cozy up with the Democrats. And then the war, when he gets close to revoting, oh, he's Mr. Conservative. He's Mr. Hardline. He's it's the same thing every time, and, and they all know, people forget, because we have the lies, like you're saying, we're concentrating on going out and supporting our family, and, and then all of a sudden it pops up like this, and we forget about it. i, I tell you the truth, I, I, I've had it with him. He is a establishment politician. He's ingrained up there. He thinks he's going to be the next leader of the Senate. Yes, he does. Right? That's it. He does. He's the number two guy. Yep. And I'm telling you, it would be wonderful with the wave that's going on right now with these recalls. If you recalled a guy like that, you would send shockwaves through the other weak-kneed, lily-living, goddamn senators up there that we have had enough. When we elect you, we want you to do the full six years as a senator as what you promised you would do. And don't come back here with these boyfriend laws. How's that going to go with the red flag? He was my boyfriend. We went on a date. It didn't go well. Well, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's you need exactly to take right. his guns away. That's exactly and, right. And what, what, is, what is the methodology to that? How do you figure out, okay, how does this guy get a chance to say, what are you talking about? It was a bad date. We didn't mix. I got nothing to do with it. And all of a sudden, this old boy's losing his rights. Given by God, by the way, not by a bunch of people in Washington, D.C., which is exactly what the founders said, the right 
because man is a fickle creature, and and that's why they're called rights. Well, right. That's exactly right. You know, man didn't give you the rights because if man gave you the rights, then man could take them away. I got to let you go, Thomas, and I do appreciate your call. Um, There's one other thing in this bill that I haven't really talked about that I want you to know about, too. And if you're an employee and you work for somebody, I doubt very seriously you're going to like it all that much. I got to take a break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk to Rain on the other side. So, Rain, hold your line. I got two lines open, 210-599-5555, and I'll tell you about this other provision in this bill. And then I'll talk about our own Texas Mitt Romney a little bit more. Guy I'm calling Mitt Romney is is John Cornyn, who has joined up with Chuck Schumer to take more of your gun rights away. And then he, he says he's joking about the next thing on his agenda. He's not joking. He's not kidding. He's all about it right now. He's all about destroying the red wave that was coming in November. He's throwing the game to the Democrats because he would rather, and a lot of these Republicans agree with him, would rather be in the minority so they can sit back and criticize the Democrats than put together an actual program and sell that program to the American people back in a minute. That's what I'm gonna do. Here we go. The same old Okay, so here's what's in this bill. The corn and take your guns away bill. Oh, no, it, eventually that's the idea. That, that, that is the plan. It opens the door. Allows all employers to ask for a firearms background check prior to or during current employment, regardless of the connection to job duties. You do a job that has nothing to do with firearms? Doesn't matter. Boss can still say, I want a firearm background check on you. <laughs> Tell me this is not an assault on the second amendment. Hi, Rain. Welcome to the show. Oh, hello, Trey. Um, I have been livid about this. John Cornyn got a couple of different phone calls from me, especially after I received a little BS email about him explaining and justifying the way he's doing things. And I can't help but wonder if he owes his position as, as an election to somebody, and that's why it was pushed out so quickly. So I have a few things I would like to say. Um, first, Chris Glasgow, best wishes on your trip. Uh, I wish you the best in the next chapter of your life. On to this. You know, mental health is an issue now, and this is not, this is not just um, it's for the people that are having a bad day. It's for the people that go into their doctor's office and, you know, you get asked those little questions. How are you feeling today? Um, it, it's for the people that want to go seek help because they're having a rough time in their life, a, a traumatic event. Um, I work for a very controversial company, and the background checks bother me because I know their stance on it. Um, these are all things that we have to consider. You know, we're, I have done nothing that should prevent me from, from caring for the rest of my life. Um, but I feel under attack every time that I turn on the news, every time I turn on the TV. Well, cause you are. Hear, you what? Because you are. You know, if you're a conservative, and Rain, I appreciate you. I know you, you're like me. You lean more conservative to libertarian. I appreciate your call. Thank you. I've got to jump here because i got the news. Um, you are under attack every single day. Your rights are under attack by those in Congress, and they're using these types of tragedies from Uvalde to take more of your rights and freedoms away. Do you know what else the Mitt Romney of Texas had to say? Not only the whole thing about you don't get a chance to read it. Who needs it? It's only 80 pages. Why? How much time do you need to read this bill? It's only 80 pages. 
I mean, much less have hearings, much less ask anybody any questions, much less sit down and talk with anybody about it, much less, you know, digging into it to fully understand it and completely understand the ramifications of it. The media got the bill before the senators got the bill. The media were on CNN talking about it before the senators even saw it. The senators had a few minutes before they had to go vote on it. Do you know what else John Cornyn said? Gun bill first, amnesty next. Now we're going to work on amnesty for all the illegals that were brought in here, obviously, so they can vote. Well, you know, he gets this pushback. You guys burn down the switchboard up there. Everything goes wrong for him for a day after he says a stupid remark like that. And what does he come out and say? It's a joke. Can't you take a joke? I was just joking. Man wasn't joking about that. This is all about throwing November to the Democrats. And Cornyn and his crew of 15 are trying to throw this election to the Democrats. We'll take a break, and you can call me if you think I'm wrong, but I'm not. But you can call me and tell me if you think I'm wrong. I'll take your calls at 210-599-5555. They are trying to throw November to the Democrats because they would rather sit back and criticize than come up with a plan for America. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. 